0: Um, Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory and praise for help that we have found from the beginning of this meeting to this time. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for um, your work. Thank you for your investment in our lives. Thank you for Canada School of the Spirit 2022 edition. Thank you for the rain falling. Thank you, Father, because um, all the words that you have sent will bring forth results for you. Every seed that has dropped will germinate. Thank you because these words you have sent will prosper in that for which you have sent it. Thank you for so much light. Thank you for so much understanding. Thank you for illumination. Thank you for help that we have found. We give you all the glory, our Father. Help me this morning to help. Help me to help everyone. Help me to help hearts. Help me to um, help me to be able to um, lay another brick on that which is already laid. Help me. Help me, Lord Jesus. I receive mercy, I receive grace, I receive help. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke chapter eleven from verse one to verse four. Luke chapter eleven from verse one to verse four. Luke chapter eleven from verse one to verse four. So it says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Verse 2, and he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Verse 3, give us day by day our daily bread. Verse 4, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, let's go to the Matthew edition of, or the Matthew rendition of this particular prayer. Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9 to verse 13 matthew chapter 6 from verse 9 to verse 13. so it says after this manner therefore pray our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Alright, so um, Jesus um, here began to teach the manner of prayer. And Daddy used this um, last night to explain to us two things. You know, first, he spoke about forgive us our sins. You know, so um, we have something, um, something should be forgiven us. Something should be forgiven. And what should be forgiven are our sins. But there is something we should be delivered from. And what we should be delivered from is evil. So um, the sin that uh, uh, Jesus is talking about here, you know, Daddy um, explained it, that the, the, our, the forgiveness of our sins is going to be by the administration of bread. You know, so that's why he said, give us this day our daily bread. And then the next thing he speaks about is, and forgive us our sins, you know, another version calls it our debts as we forgive our debtors. So, um, so the administration of the bread called Christ, you know, will deliver, will forgive us of our sins. And that forgiveness there is actually remission. The forgiveness there is remission, but there is something else apart from the sins that is called evil that we need to be delivered from. So Paul said God will deliver me the Lord will deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his everlasting kingdom. So that means what actually stands between us and the everlasting kingdom or let me say the last thing that stands between us and the everlasting kingdom is actually that thing called evil. So we have two things. You know we have sins and then we have evil. Now, what sins um, are the things that Christ takes care of? You know, that he summarizes them into two. And then he calls them ungodliness and worldly lust. So these two things are things that Christ takes care of. And then after that is done, you know, the next line of deliverance is from something that is called evil. Now, this evil, you know, while I was listening to the interactive session, You know, a whole lot, you know, was said around it. And the truth is, it doesn't even matter how much we are even trying to describe what this evil is. The truth is, um, um, it will still take us a while before we are able to fully grasp what God calls evil. It will still take us a while. You know, because at some point, you'll find Jesus saying, if you, being evil. So, our being is evil. So, it's not even action this time. He's talking about something inherent in us. If you being evil, know how to give good gifts. So that we can do good does not make us good. You know, that we can do good does not change the fact that we are evil. So when this evil shows up, because there is going to be a man that will embody this evil. And that man is going to be a man doing good on the earth. And when I talk about that man, I'm talking about the beast. I'm talking about the beast, a man that will be operating cherubic strength a man that will show cherubic powers use cherubic wisdom to solve human problems but that man that you are looking at is an evil man all right so um so two things sins and then evil so i want to um i want to go somewhere to genesis chapter 2 genesis chapter 2 you know um genesis chapter 2 verse to verse 9. Okay, from verse 7 to verse 9. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 7 to verse 9. The Bible says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, um, I have a feeling in my heart that every tree in the Garden of Eden that was described in Genesis chapter 2 were everlasting trees. The only tree eternal was actually the tree of life. Now, I used to think that the tree of life was a tree that would give you eternal life, while the tree of the knowledge of good and evil will give you eternal death. You know? But I don't think Satan actually has the power to make anything eternal. Satan doesn't have the power to, to plant something eternal because some eternal, anything eternal is still beyond him. What he can do is everlasting. So the way they described the trees, they said they are good for food. So they are good trees. Now those trees are everlasting trees. So that means every tree in the garden had capacity to make a soul everlasting. Then they now said they are pleasant to the eyes. Now, that word pleasant to the eyes means that this is a tree that can make a soul generate pleasure. So, the word pleasant is the word from which pleasure is gotten, you know. So, the tree is a tree that can make a man into a being that could generate pleasure. And at the same time, it can also make a man everlasting. Because good is everlasting. So when they say God is good, that means God is everlasting. You know, um, daddy described everlasting this way and then he was describing buying a shoe. And then he says you buy a shoe and then you just walk from your, you know, from your room to the toilet. Or you just walked out to buy something across the street and then the the sole of the shoe gives way. Now that is not a good shoe. Now why would you say that shoe is not a good shoe? Because that shoe cannot actually survive pressure. You know, that shoe can survive wear and tear, normal wear and tear, you know, of, of, of normal everyday life. That shoe collapsed under some kind of pressure. So you say that shoe is not good. So what cannot survive pressure, as far as God is concerned, is not good. So when they say good, it means everlasting. It means there's no amount of pressure you mount upon that particular soul. That soul is not going to change. So they now described two trees out of all those trees. They said the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now what I found, you know, two things in this particular passage is that even though Adam had the breath of life in him, Adam at that particular level was not designed to remain the same. You know, it doesn't matter what Adam, what tree Adam will eat of, something will happen to him. So if you eat, if he ate of the tree of life, he would have ceased, he will have morphed from that particular form he was in into another formation. If he eats of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he will have also morphed from that particular form into another formation. So either way, God didn't actually want Adam to remain the way he was. So they put him in the garden, you know, and surrounded him with trees that had capacity to. Make him a being that could generate pleasure and also make him a being that is everlasting. Let's say amen. Okay? So, um, now, let's go to Genesis chapter 3 and see what the woman said. And then I will use this to, you know, explain what I have in my heart. Praise God. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6. Alright? So the Bible says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did it, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did it. Now I want to just bring out three things from this place. And I want to use it to demonstrate our road map to where God is taking us to. So, um, so they, said, they said three things about the tree. One, The woman saw that the tree was good for food, which is according to what we have read in chapter chapter 2. So that tree was good. Then it was pleasant. Then it had capacity to make somebody wise. So we have goodness here, which is everlasting. Then we have pleasure here. And then we have wisdom. So the way they became... So what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was supposed to do was when they ate of that particular tree and their eyes got opened, you know, um, the Bible says wisdom is profitable to direct. (laughs) So that wisdom was to direct them to a pathway or lead them in a particular life that would generate pleasure and aftermath, make them everlasting in the order of that particular tree. So wisdom, pleasure then goodness now that goodness is everlasting are we together okay so uh but when adam and eve ate of that particular tree because of the stature they had when they partook of that particular tree they couldn't activate the goodness inside that tree now the goodness inside that tree is actually the everlasting nature inside that tree that's the capacity of that tree to actually make them everlasting so, but what they had was that their eyes got opened, and because their eyes got opened, they saw another way to live. And that another way to live, you know, um, or which I call, they interacted with a particular light from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that gave birth to a civilization. Now, that civilization is a conversation that is called this world. Let's say amen. Now, that conversation makes us children of disobedience, according to Ephesians chapter 2. Now, that conversation that made us children of disobedience was a conversation generating pleasure to the prince of the power of the air. Because the Bible says that that conversation was according to the prince of the power of the air. That means there is a tie that that conversation has with the prince. And I like the word prince. A prince is a heir. A prince is an inheritor. So everybody who is living by that particular conversation has a destination. And the destination is that they are supposed to come into an inheritance. Now, that inheritance is actually the evil that daddy was talking to us about. Now, that inheritance is actually what is called iniquity or wickedness. Now, there are two kinds of iniquity. There is an iniquity that is not wickedness. That is the iniquity that we have in this world. But there is another iniquity that is called wickedness. Now, that iniquity will make a soul disobedient the way Lucifer was disobedient. So um so the the so we were to so there's a particular life we'll live that will make us generate pleasure, you know, to the prince of the power the prince of the power of the air that is at work in the children of disobedience. Now there's something you know I said somewhere and I spoke about disobedience i said disobedience is not just an action as it were you know when they say children of disobedience that means we still don't have enough stature to measure up to disobedience disobedience is still higher you know than we are now um the bible says that as long as the hair is a child it differeth nothing from a servant even though his hair is the lord of all now, when Satan, when God looks at us, because God is both a God and a father, Satan is also both a God and a father. When Satan looks at us, he sees potential, yes. When God looks at us, he also sees potential, yes. Are we together? So now, because we are children of disobedience, they have to put us under tutors and governors. Now, Satan has his tutors and governors. Their principalities, powers, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, their work is to raise a soul until that soul grows to connect or activate the inheritance that is called disobedience. Or activate the inheritance that is called evil. Now, if disobedience is not just an action, then I think obedience also is not just an action. How do I know? The Bible says Jesus learned obedience. So, if it is something you have to learn, then it's not just something you do. Now, he's been obeying. But there is a particular cause called obedience. Now, how do I know again? First Peter chapter one, it says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God through the sanctification of the spirit unto obedience and sprinkling. Now, that obedience is a lifestyle that will never fight God. That obedience is a lifestyle that, you know, will never rebel against God. That obedience is a lifestyle that will allow eternal life have his way. Now, that obedience is actually what is called everlasting life. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. All right, so let me just put, tie everything I'm saying together. I hope I'm clear, you know. So, now, when God wants to rescue us and God wants to save us, you know, they said Christ is made to us, first of all, wisdom. Now, the end of that wisdom, you know, or the product of that wisdom is that we will be directed in a path that will make us generate pleasure to God. Now, what will make us generate pleasure to God is what is called faith. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, what is the essence of faith? The whole essence of faith is so that we will be taken. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. But before he was translated, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So, God taking us means that God will take us, or adopt us, or God will take us up as people that will become everlasting that means god will see us as worthy candidates for um, his own goodness so it's faith against faith you know because when you live when as children of you know disobedience that conversation called this world is a conversation that also pleases the prince of the power of the air now as children of god the faith life or that which is called the unity of the faith that daddy was teaching you know yesterday evening that thing called unity of the faith faith hope charity is to bet a lifestyle that will give pleasure to god and when god is pleased with a life one thing god does is that god takes that life now god taking that life is you know um god beginning to make that particular soul everlasting. So let me just you know, uh, use this particular scripture and then I will tie everything I'm saying together. Praise God. um, Ephesians 4, 13. So it says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, they are describing the work of the fivefold ministry. So that means the work of the fivefold ministry does not end until we become everlasting. Now, after we have become everlasting, that is when we will be no more children, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, because we can be men in Christ's realm. We can be children in everlasting realm. Now, when we are children in everlasting realm, everlasting winds can still toss us. So, but what they are saying here is that go to the uh, previous verse. That's verse 13. It says, "Till we all come in the unity of the faith." Now, this unity of the faith is everything that makes up the faith of the Son: faith, hope, and charity and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the unity of the faith will produce a perfect man. Now, that perfect man is the only person that will be able to utilize the knowledge of the Son of God unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, which is everlasting life. So... um, So, the knowledge of the Son of God is actually the administration of the true bread. Or the bread, the living bread, rather. The knowledge of the Son of God is actually the administration. I remember Daddy was teaching and Daddy was talking about the ability of that bread to kill and also make alive. Now, as we begin to learn the knowledge of the Son of God, or we make ourselves available for the knowledge of the Son of God, one thing we will discover that will happen to us is that we will die. To things that the son is dead to. And then we will be alive to God. You know, the work of that thing is to make us alive to God. And then we discover that that bread also administers death to things that the son of God is dead to. You know, if we allow the administration actually to get to the very end and the very destination. This way, is the, this is how we'll be able to be, get our deliverance from evil. Let's say Amen. So we won't be delivered from evil if we reject the knowledge of the Son of God. We will not be delivered from evil if we, if we don't take advantage of the everlasting gospel that has preached to us. You know, the Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So the so great salvation actually is what is kept in the knowledge of the Son of God. So when Peter was saying, thou art the Christ... the the son of the living God. Knowing the son of the living God is actually coming into the so great salvation that God is talking to us about. Um, There's a particular, you know, uh, January 1, you know, a whole lot of prophecies just fly here and there. And there's this particular minister that for a while now, you know, I've been, um, I just follow his prophecies sometimes, once in a while, you know. And I remember listening to him um, yesterday morning or two days ago, and he said something, he said last year, he had a visitation from heaven an angel, or maybe it was the Lord that appeared to him and told him you have nine years left. Now that's not nine years to rapture or nine years to the end of this world. No, it was told that you have nine years left to know the world the way it is, that this whole world is going to change in landscape. The way things are, if fact, the kind of men you are going to be seen will change in nine years. So he said, January 1 this year, an angel appeared to him and reminded him, you have eight years left, you know? Now, the man himself, when he was saying those things, I don't know what might be playing in his mind or how he might have interpreted that thing. But in the light of what we are hearing, one of the things I'm seeing or one of the things I'm learning or one of the understandings that came to me is that in a few years, we are going to be having men on the earth who are not just worldly but they are evil we are going to be having men on the earth who are not just you know carnal but they are wicked we are going to be having men on the earth who are not just in the first iniquity they have graduated to the second iniquity because men are growing jesus said the harvest is the end of the age now the end of the age is a time for the maturation of everything that has been planted in the souls of people so the tutors and governors are working over time to ensure that men grow up quickly to activate the inheritance called wickedness. And at the same time, God is working over time. You know, sometimes we find our daddy sitting down and then he's teaching. Sometimes he teaches four hours, five hours. It's not because he just wants to keep people there. There is a jealousy of God on him to ensure that, you know, no time is spared, you know, so, um, To ensure that no time is lost for us to be able to grow up and activate our inheritance, which actually is everlasting life, are we understanding what I'm saying? So um, uh, in Hebrews two, he says we should not. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord? So this so great salvation is going to be administered by words, you know. And in this season, uh, this is not the time to develop constipation. Do you understand? This is not the time for you to feel like I've had enough. I've had enough. In fact. Um, I think the border where we have gotten to is where we are, we are just, we, it's like we are just tricking something. You know, what we are just touching is actually the core essence of the gospel. And I feel what the Lord wants to use this thing to deliver us from is very, very mighty. It's very serious. You know, it's something every one of us should escape. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. So I want to encourage us, you know, to give ourselves to hearing, to give ourselves to um, the business of salvation. I want to encourage us to give ourselves to hearing, give ourselves to the business of salvation. I want to encourage us to, you know, fight for this inheritance. Are we together? Now, everlasting life is God's inheritance for us. You know, the life God wants to give to us is not the everlasting life of angels. It's his own everlasting life. This is what makes God himself good. Because in a short while on the earth, we are going to be seeing men good this way. And we're also going to be seeing men who are good this way. Men good on God's side are people that it doesn't matter how much pressure Satan exerts upon them, they will not break. And men good on this other side, you know, who are evil actually, you know, are going to be men that it doesn't matter how much pressure, you know, God exerts upon them, they will not break. We see examples of those people in the book of Revelation. You know, tribulations come, a whole lot of things hit them, and then the Bible says they did not repent. Instead, they cost God. Now, those are men who have activated that inheritance that is called evil. Hallelujah. So, Jesus taught us to pray, to deliver that will be delivered from evil. Now, that evil is an inheritance. It's right there, you know. It's hanging there in every soul. You need some growth to activate it. And the funny thing is, this world can raise you to activate it. And the building of Christ can also raise you to activate it. How do I know? If Jesus at Jordan was the beloved son, God said, this is my beloved son, a woman well pleased, hear him. Then Satan now came after him and told him, bow down to me. Then that means a man of that stature still had tendency to bow. If not, it wouldn't be a temptation. Who raised him? It wasn't Satan, it was God. But Satan came and tried to hijack God's building. Are we understanding what I'm trying to say? So, um, in the season that we are in, God has to help us, and um, we also have to open our hearts and ensure, you know, right? Like some of our brothers in Canada, you know, some of people are hearing some of these things for the first time. Just relax, you know, it's Bible. (laughs) And, you know, uh, the Bible says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Now, that sight is not just a sight to do with your eyes. It's also a sight that your understanding captures. So, but you have to just throw yourself into it by faith. Open your Bible, follow. Don't just watch the mouth of the ministers. You know, open your Bible and look. If you have questions, ask. And like um, Pastor Jeff Jeff said, um, with meekness of heart, you will never go wrong. God will always ensure He guides you because the Bible says the meek he will guide in judgment. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. I don't know if I've said anything this morning, you know, if I've you know made any sense, but I want us to just bow our heads for prayer as we just respond to Jesus. That the Lord will help our hearts, the Lord will help us. You know, that in this season um we will we will fight for the inheritance. You know, we will fight in the place of hearing, we'll fight in the place of enduring, of sound doctrine. We will fight in the place of obedience to ensure that, you know, we activate the right inheritance in our souls and we get delivered from the evil one. Amen.